0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown,
1: and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
0: 1874, the podcast with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. Hello and welcome back. Oh, I'll start to... Hello and welcome back to the 1874 podcast. I'm your host Dan Bardell joined by a giggling Greg Evans because I've just made a mistake just before we started and we're here to review Aston Villa's game against Fulham where they won 3-1 and to talk about Esri concert getting called to the England squad amongst some other things and some other segues that I'm sure we will get onto. Thanks ever so much for tuning in. I want to say at the start for once we really appreciate all the support that we've been getting people really saying to enjoy this chat on, on, on a Monday so thanks ever so much. It's something obviously we're trying to do that's a little bit different to, to what out there, and everyone seems to be enjoying it. So, so thank you very much. Plenty of nice comments at the game yesterday, and it's, it's always appreciated, isn't it, Craig?
1: Yeah, yeah, lots of nice comments. Appreciate it. I think we're in a bit of a, a rhythm now, aren't we? Getting getting as many Mondays in. I had a fair few weeks where I was missing games and missing missing Mondays, but we're uh, we're in a bit of a flow now, so it's all good. Yeah, a bit a bit like Villa, aren't we? Monday's part of the
0: routine. Just like, just like winning at Villa Park seems to be absolutely part of the routine for Aston Villa Football Club now. Before we get into it, just want to have a word for our sponsors, NordVPN. We'll hear more about them later, but if you want to grab your exclusive NordVPN deal, you can go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and you'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and you'll also get four months for free. It's completely risk-free because Nord offer you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to help, support our channel and you've got a use for NordVPN, we know times are tight, but it is very, very helpful, Saturday 3pm, then go and check out our discount and get yourself some NordVPN action. Greg, we woke up to the news this morning that Esri Konsa had been added to the England squad, along with Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis. Obviously, we're not as bothered about that, but good to see them in the squad as well. But this feels like something that's been a a long time coming. It seems like Lewis Dunk withdrawing has opened up a door for Esri Konsa. He's played for England at youth level, played for for the under-21s, has played international tournament football, actually, for the under-21s. That's usually the route Southgate likes, but it's taken us some time to get Konsa to this point. How has he got here?
1: Well, by playing, what is it, 47 straight games for Aston Villa um, and performing really, really well. I think I was in the gym exercising this morning before the news broke and I was thinking I'm going to write something this week or, or maybe talk in a little bit more depth on, on this podcast about Ezri Konza and you know why it's a travesty that he hasn't been called up to England and then you know the news filtered through. Um, this morning, I think it was uh, Mike McGrath, the Telegraph, who broke the story initially. So, yeah, good, good scoop there. Um, but yeah, look, f- fully deserved. I mean, he's playing regularly, you know, cons- and consistently in a team that are performing very well in the Premier League, and you just wondered how long it was going to be before he got recognised. So, I think it's about the right time. It's a shame that he's been called up on, uh, call- called up on the back of somebody withdrawing, but. Look, it's a start and hopefully he'll, um, he'll he'll make a big impression.
0: England have already qualified as well, haven't they? So these games are, are meaningless in, in some ways, but actually that might work in his favour because we know Southgate likes to go with his tried and trusted. He's quite regimented, Southgate, but he might be a little bit more fluid in this camp with how he distributes minutes because England are already there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, Southgate does cup does get that. Uh, you know, he comes under criticism for that. But if you think back to Madison last season, kind of integrated him in quite late, um, and then and then took him um, with with the rest of the squad to the World Cup, wasn't it? So, uh, you know, I think if players impress so much, then they do get the chance. Villa of Villa, I think players in general have felt quite hard done by over the years. There was the. You know, the Grealish debate that went on for so long and then Mings was in and out and then Ollie Watkins. And, you know, you, you're wondering what more can Watkins do to get in? And is kind of the last one, um, you know, off the bus and, and onto the bus, so, so shall we say. Um, but look, it, it's the right time for him. Um, I think he's performing really well and I think he'll go and do himself proud. Hope he gets, hope he gets some minutes. Um, and I hope he, you know, um, he's a very sort of calm and composed person as well as a defender. Mm. So he won't, I don't, he, he won't get nervous about this. He'll just sort of take it all in his stride. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in, in an England shirt. Yeah,
0: we'll come back to concert, but just just briefly, as you've you've just touched on there. Is there anyone left for us to complain about to, to get an international call up now? I can't think of can't, can't it. Think think the
1: next one when he's. Ramsey, I suppose, yeah, we'll move
0: on to him now. I think he was obviously playing under 21 before. I guess Moreno hasn't played for Spain. I don't, I don't think
1: there could be a case. For no, him. and you, you wonder at 29, or he, he might have to cross 30. I, I don't know. Since, I can't remember since he, since he joined, but you wonder if his time's almost passed. But, you know, it's quite a. Quite quite old, isn't it, to get called up as a as a fullback? But it does happen for Spain and Italy,
0: though. You've seen a few yeah. players over thirty get get call ups actually over the years to the Spain squad from actually, absolutely nowhere. So, same with Italy, if my memory serves me correctly. So you do never know, Greg. But yeah, back back to Concer. He's been tremendous since since Henry came in. I think towards the end of Gerard's reign, he was really struggling. I I remember coming on this show and, and other stuff and just saying at the time. I felt he needed to be taken out for, for his own good because he wasn't playing the football that I, I knew he was capable of that he played uh, under Dean Smith that lockdown season where I think, you know, there was a lot of calls from us to get him in the England squad then because he was performing so well. He kind of lost his way a little bit along, along with the club, really, actually, mm. uh, under Gerald. But since Emery, Emery's come in, we've just seen a lot more for, from Ezri Conter and particularly this season with Mings being out. He's actually had to come up, come up and take on a, a lot more responsibility and do some of the things that that Tyro Mings does as a centre back. I mean, we said this about Luiz as a, as a central midfielder as well, and obviously he's been called up for, for Brazil now as well. Conter doesn't really have a weakness in in his game for a modern day centre half. My only criticism of him would be he never scores off set pieces, <laughs> but you know he hasn't. That's not really a big deal. But he
1: doesn't really have weaknesses as, as a modern day defender. Does he? No, he doesn't, and. I don't I don't mean this disrespectfully but he doesn't stand out in a certain department either he's a very he's very much an 8 out of 9 an 8 or 9 out of 10 in, in everything isn't he he's quick he's good in the air he's good on the ball he's quite strong he reads the game well he can pass out from the back he's starting to get a little bit more uh, of a threat at set pieces i've noticed that in in more recent weeks um so he's, and and he's not that vocal but he can be vocal when he needs to be and he doesn't he he's not aggressive in the tackle. He doesn't sort of step out very often, although he did notice he was a little bit with Raul Jimenez yesterday. Um but you know, he he kind of just he kind of just gets on with it, doesn't he? does it? And you know, there's there's just it's a no-nonsense approach from him. Um and look, you know, the previous I think it was John Terry who who used to pull the defenders when he was um when he was uh, assistant coach at Villa and he used to say to them, look, you know. Go go out there and try and be the silent man. Almost that was his that was his message. If you if you don't if you're not getting seen, you're doing a good job. And I think with Konza, we see more of him now because he's on the ball so often. But you know, in his in his defensive role, I think he, he he's kind of taken that on. You know, he never seems to make many mistakes. Does he? just mm. goes about it and gets the business done.
0: It's, it's progressive passing that that's come on f- for me. I think he was always capable of doing it, but that wasn't really the way that, that, that Villa played out from the back under previous managers. But under Emery, there's obviously this high emphasis on on playing out f- from the back. And concert can actually break the lines with, with this, Passing as well, he, he can carry the ball out because he can. He, he actually carries the ball quite well yeah, as well, and yeah. we've seen him play at right back as well in, in certain games. I guess it's that side now that Emery's managed to coax out of him because that's the way Emery wants to play, and actually that that's helped Konza develop his game even further. Because I feel like even though he was good at it, he's actually got better at it now.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean you know some of the some of the whispers I was hearing when when Emery first arrived was that you know Ezri Konza would be the one that would perhaps struggle to keep his place in the team and would maybe be moved on or, or pushed back to sort of third or fourth choice defender, you know, in the, in the times ahead. So what he, I think what he's done is, is, has been brilliant. First of all, he's, um, he's tactically intelligent, so he can, he can listen to something that's asked of him and go and execute it without a problem. But also he's a very quick learner and, he he wasn't the best passer out from the back. He he wasn't this cultured sort of centre half who could start start attacks, break lines, you know, carry the ball successfully, and 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 not be sort of any under any look like he's under any sort of pressure, uh, and then make the right decision from there. That a lot of that has been to do with the work that he's done under Emery and his coaches, and you know the relentlessness of the work um you know working on the same patterns of play every single day in, in training etc um but clearly he had it in him because he's you know he's showing that now so i think that's one of his big you know that's one of the biggest compliments you can pay to him if you ask him to do something he typically tends to be able to do it quite well
0: yeah i asked i put a tweet out earlier to get some of a uh... The people that listen to this podcast and the people that, that follow us on X to to see what they think. And the question I simply asked was, as a defender, what would you say is Concert's best quality? So I'll just rattle through mm-hmm. a few that, that we've got here. AVFC Faithful Last, for one, he's given us two. Positional play and recovery pace, two key areas. Matthew Krulak is actually the son of, remember, General Krulak, part of the, well. part of the Randy Lerner area. He's, he's, uh, he's, is he the, I think he's. The, I think he's the son of, of General Kruelak. I, I could be wrong. He says his consistency. You will rarely ever see him make a mistake, and can count on him to make the right decision ninety nine percent of the time. Dan yeah, Reynolds. That's too, so yeah, up, you, that's
1: that's probably how I would read it as well. That's really that's that's how I'd describe him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, some good some good synopsis, Good analysis actually in here. Dan Reynolds who was the ball boy who got lifted up by John Carew. Says reading of the game, he's always one one step ahead. Because actually, that's something that. <laughs> you, know, concert, you say he doesn't stand out it's because he never has to dive in really, he never has to get his shorts dirty because it's always just in the in the right place so history, concert, he, he did make a really key interception actually, in, in, in the first half, to so knock the ball out for a corner, which was a great bit of a
1: defending yesterday, but generally, he doesn't spend much time on the floor, concert because he just reads the game so well. Yeah, he doesn't step out very often, does he? You know, I think that's something we've seen over the years, that's just his style of play, but when he needs to, he can you know, get down and dirty, I think yeah,
0: Adam Wright. His best quality is as each game passes, he reminds me of Paul McGrath more and more. I rate him that highly. Now I'm similar age to Adam, so I did see McGrath play for I think maybe two, two seasons, season and or two seasons and a half, but I don't when you're young, you don't
1: notice yeah, exactly. defenders,
0: you notice the striker, the number nine, don't you? So I, I can't say look, I know he was a world class defender and everyone says says how good he was, but I can't. I don't feel like I can. I can judge that because my memory of McGrath, because I was so young, is, isn't that clear. And you're even younger than me, so you're not going to have, have seen McGrath play either. But Adam's not the only person that that's saying stuff like that. There is a lot of Villa fans that are, that are making that comparison. Do you think that's a bit too far, or do you, do you think that's fair?
1: It's really difficult, as you say. You know, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I haven't. I didn't. I haven't got the background of watching McGrath play. I can. I've the only. You know, he's The only. Knowledge I've got really other than watching footage of him, he's speaking to people that played with him, and yeah. you know if it wasn't for his, uh, shall we say, unique preparation for games, um, you know many of them say that he could have been the best in the world, and you know if not was among the very best um, at the time, even you know even with the way he prepared for games, um, so it's difficult. But I mean, what what I think what we can you know accurately say now is that Konza is. Playing in a Villa team that, for anybody under thirty four, thirty five, um, you know, most 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 people haven't seen a Villa team as good or or um, consistent as this. So the the bar is very high. If you're in this Villa team now in any position, you're, um, you know, you're you're doing really well and you're worth a hell of a lot of money. Yeah,
0: I do. Like I've got my like best Villa eleven in my head, and I. Will only ever make a change if someone leaves. So basically, the last person to be integrated into my best ever all-time eleven is Jack Grealish. Yeah, so I do wonder, like, over the next five years, if I revisited my best eleven, I do wonder how many of this team <laughs> will, will get in. Because I'm heavily influenced by like, the, probably the Brian Little and, and John Gregory eras, because they were they, they were really good teams. And then there's the odd player like Grealish, Benteke, who who found their way into 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 that into that team over the years. Like Gareth Barry's in my team. As well, but overall, it's probably it's probably at least six are uh, from that Brian Little and, and John Gregory era because it was the last really good Villa team. I saw O'Neill's team were good as, as well, but that was the first really good team I saw as a, a Villa fan. I do wonder how many of these players like would make people's best elevens. I'm guessing the people that are younger yeah. than me, a lot yeah. of them.
1: Yeah, well, hundred percent. I mean, you're looking at Martinez. We'll, we'll get into most. Um it's tough with Bosnich though, it's really it's tough. Difficult, but you know, Martin has he's been named the best goalkeeper in the world. world. You know, he's won the World Cup as well. So I, I know that isn't villa related, but yeah, you know, to have a goalkeeper of that level who played a real serious part in 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 those um major honor uh, major honor honor honours for, for Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> right. got, almost got there. Um uh you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be in most, isn't he? I think. Watkins and and McGinn, you know, they're edging towards that now, just with their their performances. Um, and, and look, you know, how good the Arby going to be in the future? So, yes, yeah, interesting, interesting.
0: That is, like you say, people who are younger than me. You know, I'm 38. That, yeah, they won't have seen better. They, no. they won't because they'll have probably been too young. To, just like I was, probably a little bit too young to to notice McGrath they'll probably be a little bit too young to, to remember some of the players, great players that, that, that I watched in, in those era. So, yeah, it, it is fascinating. Just go through a couple more of the, the concert comments here because I like these To Chris Cash, again, he's alluded to Paul McGrath as well, says he just seems to have the ability to slow down time by reading the game so well like Paul McGrath and nobody can dribble past him. That was what people used to say about Paul McGrath. No one could, could dribble yeah. past him. And, can't, you know, everyone used to go on about Van Dijk. He doesn't get dribbled past. Concert doesn't really get dribbled past either. No. Even
1: dribbled past over, at all? I mean, over the, you know, over the seasons, even when he was having a slightly dip, when, when there was a slight dip in his form, very rarely did people, did strikers or attackers get past him. You know, he was always one of the hardest defenders to get past. So, yeah, I, t- I take that to a, a very valid point. Lots of valid, good valid points there. Yeah, thanks for everybody to who commented on that. It's um, it's, it's nice to include a few thoughts, isn't it? Because you, yeah, obviously we have our own thoughts, but yeah. um, you yeah, know, football is just a game of opinions. Most most supporters that go and watch the game, see similar things to us, but also notice other little quirks as well. Yeah, this is this is talking to quirks. This is a
0: a little quirk. I've got to say, I I have noticed this and not really brought it up, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's, it's valid. His, Robert Parker, this is. His ability to buy a foul, gets himself between man and ball and hits the deck, must do it two or three times a game. Probably our most foul player. It stops the opponent's building pressure. Maybe not his best ability, but that's an underrated part of his game. Now, mm-hmm. Petron in midfield, I thought, always used to be brilliant at that. You yeah. always buy a foul at the right time. And actually, yeah. you know, Constance did it, did it in, in, in the first half yesterday. Yeah, I said about not getting his shorts dirty. He does do, if he spends time on the floor in, in that way, doesn't he? He does do that side <laughs> yeah, of the game. Yeah, well, it's not dark arts. is it? That's just clever. I mean,
1: it's a little bit. It's his cleverness, isn't it? You know, he's just clever. He's just a, that bit of experience as well. Young defenders don't do that so much because you know they're, they're not they're not well drilled in the uh, you know the rigors of Premier League football. But Conzer is now. You know, he's a he's a he's a very very good Premier League player and now an international player as well. So fair play to him.
0: Yeah, I really hope he gets to gets to make his debut. That would be a you know the sign of a he's, he's had a great few months with with, with Villa. It's a great year really, hasn't he? No yeah, new contract, contract, throw, contract he there, in. as well. Yeah, yeah. He must feel really settled and really on top of his game. Like it could have really disrupted Villa's back line, Totoro Mings being out. You know, I've always said I think Mings is the number one centre half. And this might be a bit of residency bias for me, but even when Mings comes back now, because Mings and Pautaris are both left sided, you could argue is
1: now the number one centre half potentially. I mean, look, it's hard to dislodge those two now. You, you wonder yeah. what, what would Villa do? I mean, do, do you move to three at the back to, to accommodate Mings and, and, and play that way? You know, they have done that at times this season with with Carlos in there as well. I just think it's good for for Villa to have so many options. You know, the, the aim now every season is going to be to be competing in lots of competitions as deep as possible. So they're going to need a squad. You look at Newcastle now, really struggling with injuries. I mean, you know who, who would have thought Newcastle would have all those injuries? You look at the, the team that they played. Uh, you know the starting lineup. It was probably only Trippier and Pope who were the who were the first team player. You know regular first team players. So imagine if Villa yeah, lost well. like, seven or eight um, first team players, it can easily happen. Um, so that's why you need a squad, and that's why you know Villa having four very very good centre halves and Clement Langler um, is important.
0: Also, Villa have just had four players out for the entirety of the season, who three of them I think most people would have put in Villa's best 11 at the start, start of the season as well. So the way Villa have handled that I think has gone under the radar. I don't think there's enough praise going around for how Villa have managed that because I've, cause I've seen the headlines about Newcastle's injuries at the moment. Villa have had four players out for the, the entirety of the season. Before we get on to the, the Fulham game, let's just hear a little bit more from NordVPN. 1874 is proudly sponsored by NordVPN, so when the villa are playing and you can't watch it, we want to help you. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile and your smart television. So if you want to watch some live content, it allows you to appear like you're in another country. And whilst you're connected, no one else can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. Beyond this, the service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty handy for you. As part of NordVPN supporting 1874, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free. This also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you've got to do is go to 1874.io slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details are also in the description. Also, this November, NordVPN are also promoting Movember, which is a charity based in the UK, which raises money to help fight mental health, suicide, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. All are amazing causes, and NordVPN has added a donation feature to their checkout, which enables new users to donate £1, £5, or £10, or whatever the customer decides to donate. And even better, NordVPN will match every donation. As always, we're very grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight, but if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help keep the channel running and help us too. So Sunday afternoon, another Sunday afternoon stroll for Villa at Villa Park. Jacob did an article on The Athletic this morning that alluded to it being like, you know, turning your, your favourite film on. You know exactly what's going to happen every, every time you watch it, but you still watch it and that Villa fans must be feeling like that when they go going to, to Villa Park. Now, it was eerily similar to the, to the Luton game. You know, winning 3-1, well, even the way that they went 3 a up and con- conceded a, a, a consolation goal. Like, there's so many similarities in, in that game. One of the differences, though, came in the team selection, Greg. So I think we, we've been saying that at the moment you can pick 10 of Villa's 11 because Marijn has obviously been, been been out injured. 10 of Villa's 11 have, have really been the, the first choice this season and it's that 11th position that, that's been quite fluid and it's been Zaniolo, it's been Bailey, sometimes it's been Carlos and Cash has moved forward. But Tillerman's actually... Through his hat in the ring to to, to be that uh, 11th man or to be part of that rotation yesterday because he put in a very strong display. And yeah, he's he's yeah. getting better now, isn't he, Tillemans?
1: Well, he's, he's getting better, I think, because we're seeing him a bit more, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, we didn't didn't see him enough at the start of this season. I thought he was impressive. I thought he worked really hard. I thought he, um, you know, made some really impressive runs. Almost played the Ramsey role, didn't he? And, and, and played it quite well. Um, I think you know, he's a completely different player to Zaniolo. You know, you're not going to get the sort of skill and flair that Zaniolo has. Um, but I think what you do get is a little bit more consistency when he does get the ball. Um, you know, if, if Zaniolo gets the ball 10 times, you know, seven out of the 10 might be exciting and three, you might wonder what's he doing. But with with um, with, with Tielemans, you just get that touch more reliability and consistency. Um, and, and I think he made that position his own and, you know, sort of... St- state to claim to, to to keep it moving forward um look you know he'll he'll go off to belgium now won't he and uh, i hope yeah. he yeah he will be happier and look, hopefully he returns you know with, with some more minutes in the bank and um yeah, uh, yeah, he, he he was decent. I think it was his cross, wasn't it, for the for the first goal? The RB probably yeah. would have would have would have stuck that away if it wasn't the iron goal. Anthony Robinson had a bad day, didn't? He? <laughs> I mean, yeah, unfortunately, cool. I picked him out as a good, a good player in the preview. That's yeah. the <laughs> he had a bad day, and I think look, that was largely down to Matty Cash, who was superb. You know, really, really impressive performance from him, up and down um, throughout the game. Made some really important tackles and and interventions. Uh, you know, often these sort of unsung heat players don't get the the recognition that they deserve. I thought Cash was brilliant yesterday, um, you know, among, among a fair few others.
0: Yeah, Tillerman's it was it was an interesting performance because we have actually seen play that that role previously in disjointed teams where we've made lots of changes. Not really happened for him, but putting him in that position with Villa's best strongest strongest team really re- reap the benefits of, of that yesterday and. Do you think it was it might maybe it was game specific because Fulham we thought might come and try and defend quite deep and be quite mm. dogged do you think it was game specific that that he played that one
1: Yeah I think so and I think the Forest game would have um would have been going over Emery's mind I think he'd be thinking look I need to change something to make yeah. us a little bit more unpredictable because uh, you know, I think in the back of his head, he, he would he would have been a little bit concerned with the Forest game because he'll be thinking, "Have teams worked us out now? We need to do something a little bit different." Um, you know, whilst also maintaining our beliefs, let's try and just add that little bit of mystery mystery into our game. And Telemans, you know, starting took a lot of people by surprise. I think um, it was very much four two two two, wasn't it? You know, the typical. Yeah. Typical formation that he played in so often at Villarreal. Um, you know, often using four central midfielders in those in those areas. Um, but just advancing a couple and uh, keeping a couple back. I think there was a nice balance to the midfield. Um, you know, you yeah, had look. Right. I mean, Louise, you know, just, he's, he's lovely to watch now, isn't he? Just, pre, you know, a genuine press-resistant midfielder now. Um, somebody who gets the ball in, in tight areas and just moves it around lovely and keeps... Keeps, you know, the ball ticking, uh, the, the moves ticking along and, and, and Villa moving forward. Kamara, very similar, but has got a little bit more of a touch of aggression in his game um, and uh, and can help win the ball back when he needs to be. McGinn, hopefully we'll go into him a little bit later because he deserves a, a section of his own of, of, of how good he was. Uh, and then Telemans with, you know, his unique skill set. So it's just a nice blend of midfielders there. Um, with Dina and Cash pushing forward as and when, and then the two up top causing causing their own damage. So, it just felt like it was pretty much just it was just so easy for Villa, wasn't it? I didn't think they played very well, but it was just like you knew that they were gonna. As soon as they scored the first goal, then then they be in total control, and then the second, all the jeopardy's gone, um, and they go on to just routinely win. It's just. You just expect it now, and it's it's a dangerous position to be in from from a supporter because you go there, and when it goes wrong, you, you feel a little bit upset and frustrated. But um, I mean, thirteen wins in a row at home is just almost in unprecedented times here, aren't we? It's just it's just incredible. Yeah, even though I wasn't born the last time
0: that that happened. I think it was forty years the last time Villa won thirteen prem thirteen league home games, thirteen in, in league in the
1: wins row. in a row in the Premier League it is insanely good. It's just. You know, not enough has been. Man City. Man City. It's 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 incredible. Enough. I think it's only Man City and um, Atletico Madrid who are on a longer unbeaten run at home. You know, you know, across the top yeah. five leagues, it's just it's just fantastic. not even drawn one. That's the the, the the amazing thing. You know, not to
0: have had a draw th- thrown yeah. it thrown in there when when they've been one goal ahead, they've they've clung on to games as well when when they've needed. So I mean, the next two home games are uh, Manchester City. And Arsenal, so it could be that,
1: that that run comes to an end. But actually, I'm really excited to see what we do. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I think only Manchester City and Atletico Madrid are the teams that run a longer unbeaten run at home, and that's in the top five uh, big leagues in in Europe. So, I mean, that's you know that that speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's an incredible record and and one that we really should be you know enjoying and 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 just highlighting a lot more. It's very very rare that these records you know come up.
0: Yeah, I think maybe that's one thing that you could level at Villa, that in this 13-game run, obviously you can only beat the teams that, that you play against. They haven't come across top-level opposition yet, and that's what these next two home games are. Manchester City and, and Arsenal is going to be really intriguing to see how, how Villa get on in, on in those games. I'm I'm really, really excited because the last time a big team came to Villa Park, or one of the really big teams, it, Villa Park wasn't this fortress that, mm. than it is now. You, you know, you you get this feeling now. I always will just back us to beat anyone at home, and obviously, you know, City and Arsenal are going to be really tough games. But still, I think they come here with 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 plenty to fear. And you just know with Emery as well that there'll be something unique. There'll be some form mm-hmm. of game plan. There'll be something different from what the games have have seen before. And that and that is the really really massive thing that I don't think teams can predict what 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 Villa are going are to do. They'll know the setup because the setup essentially doesn't really change. But there's always these little bits of intrigue and little tweaks in there and. Seeing him come up against Pep and come up against Arteta, I'm
1: really, really excited for those two games. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to them as well because I think it will go a long way, you know, genuinely. It's not going to be season-defining or anything like that, but it will go a long way to show how close Villa are to these teams now and whether they can, you know, genuinely mount a a push for for a top four place. Or, I mean, look, I'm really not getting carried away here now, but they are only three points off the, the top and it's like... I do still think Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal are the three standout teams in the division. And I think, you know, there are a couple more that are going to be competing for fourth and fifth place. Um, you know, Chelsea are starting to show signs of of of, um, of of coming good, which inevitably was always going to happen with the amount of money that they've spent and the quality of play that they've got. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see our Villa hold up against these two teams. And the fact that they've got them at home is great because Man City's Wobble or whatever you want to call it, you know, slip up that they've had this season have, have been away from home. Obviously losing to Wolves, drawing at Chelsea, and um, and losing to Arsenal. Arsenal, I think, are five games now in all competitions away from home without a win. So they you know their home forms formidable, but on the on the road they're they're, they're stuttering a little bit. Um, so Villa are going to fancy their chances, and if you just go back to the Arsenal game and Villa lost four two, you know you got to remember it was two two for very for a very long time, and that was a I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but this that was a real turning point for Villa. Um, you know, Emery didn't like what his team did when they were when they when it was two two. So this is going to be very different now. They're going to be a much more well organised. They've got a few a few new players in there that make them more of a threat. Um, I think it's going to be really really interesting. I, but I just on the flip side of it, I do think, and we go on about this every week um and I look at Fulham yesterday and Fulham had done things a little bit different. They might have found some some gaps in, in Villa's high line. Just going to be interesting to see how Man City and Arsenal try and pick apart that high line because look if if an opponent gets it right, it can be really damaging for Villa, you know as we seen at Newcastle on the opening day of the season. Yeah, even even
0: this next game away at, at Tottenham after the international break, you know, might be a good time actually to play them because they the injuries are suddenly polling oh. up for them, and they've had a couple oh. of they've had a couple of bad results, haven't they? After being unbeaten, they've now lost two, two in a row. So I think Villa can go there, kind of, and Tottenham be a team that it might suit Villa playing. A little bit away from away from home, it might actually because Tottenham will just play their way, I think, and I think that might suit Villa in transition. So it'd be really interesting after after the international break. Let's just talk about a couple more players with, with yesterday's mm-hmm. game in in mind. Let's talk about Leon Bailey because quite often now, you know, I mean the fans are quite often referred to as the twelfth man, but Leon Bailey has literally become <laughs> Villa's twelfth man in recent weeks. He's the first sub off the bench in in most games now, Leon Bailey, and. When he comes on, he seems to be making an
1: impact and had a heavy involvement in, in Villa's third goal, didn't he? He's a different player now. I mean, I hold my hands up and I, and I think most people listening will agree with me here and they... We all felt that Liam Bailey was just never going to cut it at Villa. You know, for for a couple of seasons, he just underperformed. He was a little bit of a scapegoat, wasn't he? You know, every time Villa had a bad result, it was oh Liam Bailey was rubbish again today. Um, some of that was justified... Yeah, I mean I think Leon Bailey, what we're seeing now, is a completely different player. Um, he feels like he's a player that needs to be loved and like Emery must be showing him something because players typically if if they feel loved, they're playing regularly and you know, he's not. He's he's coming off the bench and, and making an impact and Deep down, that's not where he wants to be. He wants to be playing every week, scoring regularly, but, you know, being a real part of the team. And, OK, he's a big part of the team. He's their 12th man, if you want to call him that. Um, you know, Villa only made one substitute yesterday, and, and, and that was him. And I didn't come, even notice that. You're right, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He come, come on and made a big difference, didn't he? Um, and I think Villa have only used something like eight, made eight or nine changes, I think, over the the, the 12 games, which is the, the fewest of any team. Yeah. Um, you know, when you compare that to liverpool who've made i think 56 it's it's pretty uh, pretty incredible the amount of changes between games so um yeah you know bailey bailey i think i'm you know i certainly hold my hands up and say i didn't expect him to Get to this level this season. I thought his time at Villa was almost up, and you know, I thought that I'd seen he, enough of him in two seasons to suggest that you know he just wasn't quite at the level to make a real impact. And I presume most of our listeners, are, you know, agree with that. Yeah. He was very much a scapegoat, wasn't he? At, at times, you know, when when Villa performed badly, often he would be the one that was um, dug out. But you know what we're seeing now is somebody who can either start or come off the bench and make a real big impact, and and that's great because there was a worry that Villa might have to go again and buy somebody else and spend a lot of money. But, you know, maybe they've got that player already in the squad.
0: Yeah, we're seeing a heavy emphasis now on starters and finishers. You know, Arteta doesn't call them subs, he calls them them finishers, doesn't he? You know, with the five subs, You know, subs are playing a bigger part in, in the game that than they once were. And Bailey does seem happy, does seem to be enjoying his football. I, I will say his form has coincided with him, or his good form has coincided with him wearing his socks like Jack Grealish. So he needs to keep having those those low socks. They seem to have made the world a difference to, to his games. To keep, keep those low socks going. It's only right to finish the segments on Fulham, really, by talking about John McGinn. Now, in the first half yesterday, he absolutely run the show. He was Everywhere He was fouled about a hundred times by Jao Paulinho alone. He just seemed to be absolutely everywhere. M- McGinn, I put a tweet out at half-time saying, I wasn't aware that uh, the owners had passed on the deeds of the stadium, but yeah, John McGinn has owned Villa Park in that first mm. half because he was absolutely brilliant. I can't speak highly enough
1: of how good John McGinn was in that first half. He, he I mean, he was sensational, wasn't he? It's the fact that we're 30 minutes in and we're only really getting into it, it's... Uh... Uh, it's a bit wrong of us, but no, he, he was brilliant, a, a genuine joy to watch. It was like, you know, it was John McGinn at his very best. We, we've seen that so many times. Um, and when he puts in a performance like that, you know, it's, it's brilliant to watch. Uh, I wonder if Bayern Munich had any scouts there watching Paulinho, because uh, if they were trying to get him back and they were looking at what John McGinn um, did to mm-hmm. him, they might be thinking maybe we should go for him instead. <laughs> uh, but no, look he, look, he was fantastic. Another good goal. Um I think uh you know going back to cash I, I, I think that cash made a really clever run that kind of opened up the the defence for him for that goal yeah. um you know and that's just the benefit of villa throwing men forward when when they need to but yeah lo- lovely well taken goal but it wasn't his it wasn't his goal that really stood out was it it was the fact that it was his all-round play um you know the, the the great work on the break when villa got their third goal you know using his backing into defenders and yeah, you know, squeezing using, into it, using his strength to to his advantage there but yeah just you know just just kind of just had a mix of everything a bit of grit bit of determination you know a bit of skill a goal a, a pre assist or whatever you want to call it um and yeah just an all-round very good performance and look from one of villas just top guys you know you you want to see these these players that have got a real connection with the supporters, um, doing well. You know, his history at the club, he's been there through the darker times when Villa were trying to get out of the Championship. Um, and now he's here at the real bright times. So, yeah, brilliant for him. It's
0: great that really that the three key players for Villa are three that were part of the side in that first Premier League season, which was a real struggle and stayed up by the, the skin of our teeth, teeth that, that year. You know, Concer, uh McGinn and Louise. The three players that that were part of that squad and have been on this Premier League journey within a all the ways, of as well when he's fit, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant to say. I think the, the fans have a lot of love for the players that have obviously been there for for for, for the for the longer time, and it, it is great saying, Quite often we'll say, "Oh, the player really deserved that goal in yeah. the first half." John McGinn thoroughly deserved that that, that goal that, yeah. that he scored he even Managed to get in the the double goggles celebration as well. Didn't he? He did, he did it twice <laughs> as well. So he got he got the double goggles <laughs> in. For the for the celebration as well. Not sure if we've got a press box archive. Very inconsistent. Oh, oh no! We're going to do these fortnightly
1: now because I. Could, oh, right, you know, but
0: we, yeah. We, we, we're supposed to be doing them weekly, Greg. You can't just say, "Oh, we're we going to be doing
1: them fortnightly now." Well, you know, as you're as you've still got the Douglas Louisa in the background for the second week running when you change oh, it up, then. Um, you know, I think cost me a lot of money that
0: shirt to get one that one. to get to get that sourced and printed. So I'm going to be leaving it for the foreseeable future. Let me tell you, It's international break as well. You know, you got to, he's, he's going to be playing for Brazil, hopefully. be concert with an England shirt there, shouldn't he? I'm not, i am not mad not, made of money. I can't. I've already got an England shirt. I can't be. I can't be going to spending money on a on a concert England shirt unless they, unless they change their kit. If they happen to change their kit this international break, I'll I'll go and go and do it. But I'll, I won't be doing it. I haven't even got anything to bow you out with. I don't think this week. I've you out the other two times with the story. I don't think I don't, I really can't think that I've I've got anything to, to, to bow you out of. Looks like we're ending there then, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, I've not, I've not got anything. I, I'm going to have to start prepping things as a, yeah, as, a, sense, a as, as a backup, just in case, just in case you, you don't do it. I mean, hopefully people went and checked out the Greg Evans photo archives that's what someone did actually mention that to me at the at the game yesterday one of my friends mentioned about that I stitched you up with the with the photos in the google image search of great well i wouldn't
1: say to, i wouldn't say to stitch you up i mean it's me okay. after all that's how i was that's how i looked you know i couldn't do anything about it that was me it's not so much how
0: you look or anything like that it's just the things that you were made to do yeah, and the fact and that, that, that you one do... we had to point down yeah, the uh, camera was a bit a annoying. But it uh, is a brilliant photo, and you know, when the you life,
1: the life of a newspaper reporter, huh? yeah. yeah. I've not seen any of
0: the other no. journalists have to in the uh, uh, the mail have to do that. I've never seen any of them have yeah, a picture. of
1: different in. now. Like, that was when the, that was when the newspaper industry, you know, was was thriving almost. It was people went out and bought newspapers. You know, they don't anymore. It's all online. So. Um, That's probably why we're podcasting rather than writing a letter into the newspaper. And we thank all of you for listening or watching
0: as well. It's really, really appreciated. If you could do all the nice things that you can do on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, that would be great. Please give us a like, please comment, please subscribe. If you can, if you're not subscribed already, that would be great for us. No shows this week as it's the international break, but we'll be back after the international break. Where hopefully we'll have some good news on Douglas Luiz to talk about with Brazil, Esri Concer for England, as well and all the other players that are away on international duty. It'd be great to have for them to go away with their countries and have more positive times like they are at the Football Club Villa at at the moment. Have a great week. Again, thanks ever so much for all the support on the pod. We really, really appreciate it. And as ever, up the villa.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.